welcome to Hoo Hoo Hill Season 2, Episode 3, where it's Hoo Hoo Hill Week on the podcast. Are you excited, Kathy? I was about to say, I'm so excited, Jeff. I somehow had the feeling, though, that you are not as excited as I am. Well, tomorrow is the first time in a long time. Uh, I think dating back to the Brady Hoke era, uh, where instead of watching the game, I'm going to go for a long walk instead. But I figured, as co-hosts, I owed you a duty to record. It's usually like a a big... um, retrospective planning the podcast like it's you know it's our week and so the name of today's episode is state of the program which in my case is bad and state of the podcast which in our case is fantastic would you agree with that characterization i um was you know confident in the first thing you said and i didn't know what you were going to say for the second so that makes me happy that you said well, that about the podcast. It's great. I mean, like, despite my, me being down in the dumps, I think. Yes. You know, and then state of, well, I mean, you're better at podcasting. You have so many more reps um, on this show and, and otherwise. But also um, state of the program IU is great as well, right? right it's high. great. Yeah. I mean, I think we're the best that we, like, since the Bill Mallory days, like back in the 80s, I, I really think we're, we're as good as we were back then. So it's been a very long time since IU Snap has been call. as good as we are. Since I haven't been following uh, as much. Snap call. I want you to tell me your prediction for this week's game for tomorrow. Snap call. Is this the year that um, IU breaks its forever losing streak? And what is the score? How high scoring it is? I, I, it, it, um, you, you can say... I guess I'm kind of trapping you, but it's deliberate. Um, but you have to say, is this the year? You'll have to give me a line um, in that order. And then you have to give me a predicted score because I want to hear whether you think it's going to be a high scoring game or a low scoring game. So those are the three questions. And now that you've had 30 seconds to think about it. go. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that if I, you can handle that manage their offensive line and they no hedging, don't make no hedging no, no what hedging. what you, you can give me oh. you can give me the preview for the game we can go into the the ball okay, right now fine, snap call fine, no hedging fine. no like ifs or buts i want the answer again. <laughs> once, again, once again it's is this the year what is your line because your lines are generally pretty good and i called the line for last year right i said 24 point line yeah and it was yeah. 25 so mm-hmm. Yep. So again, you get a couple more minutes by delaying and hedging, but no hedging. So is this the year? What is the line? And then a predictive score. So the predictive score, you don't have to worry too much about it. You just have to, the the trick is, and I don't know if you already know this, but the trick is you want to know, you want to go in multiples. This is like a Super Bowl, one of those grids, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to go in multiples of seven and three, like sevens and threes. Of course. So yeah. So, yeah. so you don't say like, I don't know, like, um, I don't know, something weird, like 26 or something. Like, it would be weird, right? Like, just how many each side, and then you can do one in the 30s, one in the 40s. I don't know. I don't want to sort of frame your answer. Could be 20s, could be 10s. No sort of anchoring effect. But again, all right, snap call. Is this the year? Oh, all right. What is the line? Okay. And then the score. Okay, I'm going to say... And you can, you can explain after, but you yeah. cannot do before. <laughs> you have to have to put your prediction on the record because you've clearly thought about it more than me with the boys and all that and you've read mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. checked out entirely so go ahead 
Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say this is the year um, okay, the line so, will... Okay, so one question is, is that based on how Homer is that prediction? Like, is that like, a, I'm an IU fan, so I must root for my team? Or is that, that's sincerely what you think? It's, to me, a toss-up, and the Homer gives the IU the edge. Okay, you're allowed that qualification, I accept. Okay. Okay. So then, the line then. <laughs> All right, line is six. Six. Oh, wow. Okay. Are you by six? Okay. All and right. then I'm going to say 24 to 30. Uh, okay. So 30, 30 to 24. To yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. 30 to it's 24. very optimistic and I am going to explain what needs to happen. Um, um, okay. Well, we'll leave that for the end of the podcast because we're okay. going to do a game preview because you're going to have to, I've avoided all sort of, well, other than the angry talking heads yelling about the Michigan game. Against Michigan State, which I'll be one <laughs> shortly. I've avoided all previews uh, versus your team. The only thing that I know is that it's going to be a long matchup between the corners and Watt. That's going to be mm -hmm. brutal. I think mm -hmm. that's pretty much Michigan State set out the game plan. That's how to beat us. And so it's going to be a long, long day. If if Don Brown doesn't stop putting our corners on an island and doesn't put an extra safety back there um, and sort of give up the 8 to 15 yards you guys are going to have so many explosive plays and I'm not even going to watch or follow. Like maybe I'll like tune in after, but I'm going to lunch. I had a question him. for exactly like Jeff, sorry to cut you off, but I was going to ask you, am I allowed to text you during this game? No, moratorium, <laughs> no texting until like, no! uh, what is it? Like 4 PM. You text me 4 PM. Uh, I'm going oh, for a long gonna walk. That's going to be so hard. I'm turning off Wi-Fi. I'm just like, I'm going to, you know, my best, one of my best friends growing up, uh, from childhood invited me to lunch and I um, it was separate from me I didn't even know when the game was but I said yes to lunch mm -hmm. okay. and then uh, I think starting from like 2015 and 2015 I still like would like accept plans on Saturday and then 2016 I just didn't do any plans because it just wasn't worth it mm -hmm. and then 2017 and so not since I think not since the Hoke days uh, since the moon game I think the moon game was what really after the moon game, I was like, okay, like this is national embarrassment. Um, the moon game being Michigan zero zero Northwestern, which is the most, the worst game I've ever seen in my life. But after the moon game, I would just go for walks. And so okay. I think I'm back to going for a walk tomorrow. Um, so I'm not going to check the scores or I'm going to turn off ESPN alerts um, until 4 PM. Uh, and then we'll see. Um, but, but we'll go into why uh, in a second. But so yeah, so give us, um, I guess, so what we're doing here is we're going to get, get um, I use, like, what is it? State of the program. Yes. Uh, what the season looks like. The recap for the game. And then uh, do you want to do, after you do all that, then, um, and then we can do Michigan recap. And then we can do rival watch. And then we can do your predictions for the game. I think that makes sense. Because okay. we probably we probably want to hear about Michigan before we do that's we jump true. into the the preview. Okay, so why don't you do the IU portion and uh, catch me up to speed? I all I saw was the crazy seven laterals play um, <laughs> that was called off, so I know nothing. All right, so for the overall state of IU's program, game one against Penn State. So that was the we knocked off a top ten team for the first time in thirty three years, and. Um, 
we beat Rutgers. So we're 2-0 in Big Ten conference play for the first time since 1991. So the state of the program is currently great, especially in a weird pandemic year when um, the team wasn't able to to practice as much as they wanted to. Um, This is unlike anything we've seen in a really long time. And Tom Allen mentioned himself that 20% of his time has been dealing with media requests on a national level. Thank you, Jeff. Um, based off of, especially after that win against Penn State. So the state of the program is great. I would say, to be fair, and, you know, like I'm um, always a hater, but I would say that, honestly, your offense didn't look that great in that game, right? Uh, This is the Penn State game. Yes, it did not look great. Um, So, but, you know, Coach Frames, we already talked about this, right? Uh, Coach Frames, we we dissected it. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, what are you guys ranked? You guys are ranked like top 15? We're 13, so we're 10 spots ahead of Michigan. Why is Michigan ranked? I, I always say this. <laughs> I think like I, I think in my show notes, it's like, and I'll repeat this again, but it's like, why are we ranked? We should be ranked zero or infinity. Like, why is, is Michigan still favored? The line for the game? Do you know? I actually have not checked the most updated line because you guys were favored. Yeah, we were favored. And I was like, why is Michigan favored? We should never be favored. We should, we were favored <laughs> by like, <laughs> we were favored by 20 and lost. So we should be favored by zero or infinity. Um, let me see. So game prediction picks. Huh. This is from, what is this? CBS sports. CBS sports mm-hmm. says, yeah, I'm not falling for it. I know Michigan lost the game. Everyone expected it to win, but this point spread is a gross overreaction to the loss um harbaugh has won all five games against indiana um the spread is too small and then you have let's see the line is oh um what is the line it's uh michigan by three that's what it is okay michigan by three and actually, one thing that made it really hard for me to do my prediction was, I think I read somewhere that Harbaugh has never lost two in a row. Do you, is that true, Jeff? Do you know? Uh, I have a whole bunch of statistics, and you don't even want me to start. Like, okay, there's going to be the statistics <laughs> segment. You you read the That's show notes. True. I did. There's this wild statistics segment that I'm about to like start yelling about Michigan football. Um, (laughs) And so maybe we save for the statistics for later. All right. All right. Um, That sounds good. um, I think uh, maybe that's true. I don't know if that's true, actually. It might be like, I don't know if it's two games in a row. We've definitely had losing streaks because yeah, yeah, it might be. No, I don't think that that's true because we always lose to Ohio State, which is the last game. And then we always lose the bowl game. That's true. Okay. If you count the bowl game, um, I read that comment in a comment of an article, so I wasn't sure how valid it was. Yeah, because like we're one stat, the first one that I have on my list is uh, Jim Harbaugh is one, because he's coached for five seasons at Michigan, right? So it's basically, they're all out of 10, generally. Um, But maybe not, like you don't play each other every year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, Jim Harbaugh is one in nine in the final two games of the season. So essentially he loses to OSU and he loses the bowl game. The bowl game I think the only yeah. bowl game win was against Florida, I think. Um, okay. Back in the day where we played Florida like every year. It was almost like Florida was in the Big Ten. 
because uh, somehow they wanted a match to like marquee national programs. So we, we every, every year we played Florida. It was like, you know, on the season preview every year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't know, but we'll get to the crazy statistics. So, okay. So, so that's what gave you pause and you can yes. hedge as much as you want now, but uh, like, yeah, back to it. All right. So in terms of what the rest of the season looks for Indiana, I mean, the fact that Tom Allen's first two seasons was were five and seven seasons, and then last year was eight wins, and then now we're 2-0 in Big Ten Conference play. So the remaining ga- games left, we've got our three Big Ten East foes. So we've got Michigan, and then I think Ohio State's after that, and then Michigan State. Oh, actually, Michigan State's after you all, I'm pretty sure, and then Ohio State. Um, and then we've got Maryland, who beat Minnesota. Um, we've got Wisconsin, Minnesota's who... defense is, like, non-existent. That's non-existent. So, that is but true. But I think it depends on... Uh, oh, f- I finally figured out, because they kept saying Tungavaloa. That's how to say yeah. it. It's Tungavaloa. And Tunga so the Valoa. other... the Because it's, like, Hawaiian. So it's, like, Tunga. Yes. It's not spelt yes. that way. But um, but so Tungavaloa, the, uh, he was really great. Uh, in that game, I was kind of scouting was. a little bit Friday night, and he was like, um, I mean, he wasn't that great throwing, but he definitely like ran well. Um, so we'll see how mobile he is against your defense. Your defense seems pretty good. So, yeah, he did a lot better than he did in his first game. Cause remember, I, I kind of ripped him the last episode. I was right. like, oh, he had three interceptions. He was horrible. <laughs> right. And it's so funny because like that game, I like, I think the whole world could see it coming. So that game, because he had that like kicker who's not really a kicker, right? Mm-hmm. And so like when it was 44-45, 45-44, and Minnesota was about to kick the extra point to end the game, I think the whole world on Twitter, me, everybody was like, don't kick it. Go for two. Like what like what Coach Ellen did. Go for two. Like you have no kicker. Like everyone knows that that's going to happen. And then mm-hmm. the kicker pushes it, and then they lose. Like I, I thought... I thought PJ was just like done with the game. Like, cause the whole, like everyone on Twitter, like I, even me, I was like, don't kick it. Like just don't. And then, <laughs> and then he hooked it. Cause I was kind of rooting for Minnesota because well, now it's all moot. Cause we lost to Michigan state, but I was like, you know, if Minnesota had one more win, it makes our win look better. Transitive football, whatever. Yeah. Like, the whole season's like junk anyway for, for me, um, which is why I'm going for the long walk, but I was rooting for that. And then PJ uses the kick and hooks it. And so, that was really funny. But so I think, um, wait, so, wait, so it's, and we know it's an eight game season. So you have Maryland, Wisconsin, Purdue, and who else? The three big tennis foes. So you, Michigan State, and then Ohio State. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Um, when you say big tennis foes, I just blanked out because I was like, Oh, I don't really <laughs> consider IU a foe. Like, so, like, <laughs> Thanks. IU, like, this year, we might yeah, be. I was like, uh, IU, like, because it's always like, you know, it's, um, uh, I would say, to be fair, it would be Ohio State and then I guess Michigan because uh, Michael Spath says that we beat Penn State 60%. So we're three and two. So even though, although Penn State has won a Big Ten title and we haven't, so I would still say that they're second and then Michigan third. Like we're Big Ten East third, and then Michigan State fourth. Um, although we're three and three with Michigan State now, so maybe we're like tied for third. I don't know. Like just like shoot me in the head, right? Um, but <laughs> then IU is like the losingest team, right? So like I'm like, what? 
big so when i i saw your show notes saying big east foes but i was like who, do, who who's a foe like what like, <laughs> are you who, like is there rivalries what um okay that's too much trash talk by for the game because i'm not watching it even uh okay okay i get it now so you have uh you're including michigan in that yeah and so there are six games left because you've played two okay mm-hmm. so it's michigan michigan state ohio state maryland wisconsin purdue and and fair enough like it's all toss-ups right like i that's what i said in my i mean charitable but not super charitable season preview right like in my in our freaky friday preview i gave all of them as toss-ups and i think the preview has been accurate right the freaky Mm -hmm. friday preview so far like i said penn state was the toss-up and you guys won yeah yeah i agree i think aside from osu unless you know i i don't know like a co- crazy COVID thing happens or something, right? Like, I think aside from OSU, everything else is a toss-up. Basically, the ones and maybe the twos have to be sick. And mm-hmm. then if they're playing their threes, then then maybe you guys have a chance. Yeah. I think the OSU twos are also But I good. think that's OSU against any team this year. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, the year that they, they went to the CFP, they were on their third-string quarterback. It was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you just have like an endless bench of five stars. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, just a really quick recap of the Rutgers game. Um, in terms of offense, I would say we're definitely better than we were against Penn State, but it still started out slow. So, Do Michael. Like, Penix- sorry, just a macro question for yeah. our podcast. Do you like mm-hmm. our like three phase of the ball recaps? I actually really think that it's really good because we used to do like these like play by plays, and they were like too yeah. long, like the flow yeah. of the game. And, I like it again, a lot. And again, like who who hails mission is like, you know, you probably watch the game. You probably have the X's mm-hmm. and O's. You don't need the play by play. But I think the three phase highlight has worked really well. I, I agree. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Cause I used to organize my notes by, by quarters. Right. And now I do it by, yeah, the three different yeah, sides like of the ball. Themes then, of the three yep. phases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do that then going forward. It, it, it sounded great. And, it was adding value because I think the play-by-plays were a little hard to follow, but we mm-hmm. might have to like find some way as we iterate to keep the flow and rhythm of the game, like mm-hmm. the ups and downs, like how exciting yeah. it is. Like that's sort of yeah. what we tried to capture before. And this format doesn't really work for that. Um, that's but true. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we can blend both, but okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. So um, Penix started out a little slow. He was like three um, of 10, but then um, he finished 14 of 16. So he, you know, looked like Tom Brady at the end. And I think Jeff and I, you you and I talked about how he's definitely a rhythm guy. He kind of needs to get into the flow. Um, You know, some people were saying, you know, he throws too hard. That's why his receivers can't catch the ball. And that's a Joe Milton problem, too. And it's so funny because you can easily tell, so easily tell on the podcast, which guys don't follow Indiana Mm -hmm. because there are so many different Penix pronunciations like I've heard like five different wrong ones and so um that's how you tell it's an easy tell for who doesn't follow IU that's true um but my point though was is that even if he throws hard if you look at the ball or if you watch the game those balls are still catchable okay they're on target Yeah. yeah and clearly like that's what they're doing in practice I think the receivers need to just be able to catch the ball okay Okay. Um, so he com- he um, finished the game with 65% of his passes for 238 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, and no interception. So overall, pretty good. A lot better than he was against Penn State. 
Um, I think on the offensive end, the biggest piece of concern is the offensive line. Um, that's just probably not where it should be. And, you know, I was getting frustrated because we were, you know, doing very Mike DeBoard-esque things, um, which is running Stevie Scott up the middle. I mean, I think both running backs did okay. Um, and so, I would yeah, like- and we talked about this after the game. I was like, is mm-hmm. Sheridan going to let him throw into, into the corner? Because yeah. that's like our big, you know. Exactly. And, and, um, and you were like, and I was like, I reminded you, I was like, oh, this sounds familiar because guess who <laughs> Sheridan is a protege of? Yeah, yeah. But you can DeBoer. argue that Sheridan's a protege. Yes, but you can argue that he's also a protege of DeBoer, even though it was only a year. Um, well, so, hopefully some of the good tendencies came because it's like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you were complaining that it was sort of a conservative game plan a little bit. It was. Oh, State. it definitely was. And I had brought that up on my other podcast. And well, folks brought up, well, if you your offensive line doesn't let you do anything, then you just can't. So are they giving them time, or is it like the OU game, the OSU game? Um, I just you know how think like, he... you know the OSU game where we watched at the Rock, where you know where uh, I use O line gave poor Painter Ramsey a zero time. You know, was it as bad or good, better? I don't think it was that bad. Mm-hmm. I really that's don't think it was that bad. Yeah, that's my gut. That it's not yeah. as bad. And I think yeah. if they were just a little bit better, Nick Sheridan would feel confident. Okay. Letting Penix kind of make some, you know, bigger moves. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's the game plan. Charles Woodson, famous best all-time defensive back, um, was like. You know, even he said, like, every team now has the blueprint. Um, the blueprint to uh, um, to play to, to, to play Michigan, right? The blueprint is throw it into the corners. And, 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 and so I think Sheridan will have to do it, you know? It's not a choice. I hope so. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think um, on my other podcast, I had said I wasn't sold on Nick Sheridan. And now I think about it. I think I was being a little too harsh because this is Nick Sheridan's. That was Nick Sheridan's second game um, as defensive coordinator during a pandemic year. And so I'm willing to give him longer before I really make the call on whether I'm sold on Nick Sheridan or not. Yeah. But switching over to the defensive end. Um, we looked great. I think we were good, if not better, than um, than the first game. We intercepted three passes, um, and the defense by far carried the team in the game. Um, I, I would say that the only thing with the defense is there were some mistakes in terms of penalties, which did cause us to lose some points to Rutgers. Um, but outside of that, the defense was really solid, and Taiwan Mullen was someone I just wanted to call out. He had two and a half sacks, and I think he was definitely a game changer for the team. He's so good. Is he still like one of the best players on your team? Oh, for for sure, for sure. Okay. Well, um, I really got to start to watch IU, but uh, yeah, but, yeah. I was uh, reading this article about how they're actually putting him more in in the husky position um, as well, so that he can stop some runners. And he doesn't like being called Husky. Mm-hmm. So okay. that was just an interesting fact about Taiwan Mullen. <laughs> he, like he's very versatile. Like, 
he's he's like I don't know. I mean, like me and you are husky, right? Like he's like <laughs> beautiful, <right>? yeah. <laughs> like husky, like compared to what? <laughs> that was just an interesting article I read this week that I found funny. Yeah, it's like uh, no, like he's like the most athletic guy on your team, like mm-hmm. by far. Um, yeah. Although Penix is pretty. Well, you tried to argue that you're as athletic as Penix. Like, do you still argue that? That was clearly a joke. I also said I was as as athletic as the top climber in the world. Yeah, but like, so Sasha's like, okay, the same body type as you. So I told that joke, but I was like, Penix is a Division One starting quarterback. <laughs> like, me and you would not start for any Division Three team in any sport. Like, like that maybe is true. If it's like maybe it's like as an as a mathlete, but maybe not even a, a mathlete, right? Like, I wouldn't start for like a preschool team that's you know playing some some sport. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this is like your grown ass, like, you know, body right now, right? Like, it's like, you yeah. have these little kids that are running around, run, running circles around you, right? Like, and in me yeah. too, right? Like, we're like two of the least athletic people I've ever met. So like, <laughs> Tyler Mullen is like, is like, beautiful and strong and fast and we're husky. Um, okay. Yeah. So special teams. <laughs> special teams. Just wanted to point out Charles Campbell. Um, he still has a perfect season. Um, he got a couple of awards this week um, because he had three field goals, four extra points for the Hoosiers. So an award he got was called the Lou Groza Award Star of the Week. And he was also named the Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. Are we, are you allowed to talk about kickers? I thought like after last year, you're not allowed to praise or talk about kickers. Like I'm allowed to talk about them. I can't say things like, they can do no wrong. Okay. So like no hyperbole about kickers. Yeah. Like you can summarize their performance, but you exactly. can't like make forward looking projections like we say yes. in securities law. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, stick to it. Cause you, again, two of the worst sports jinxes I've ever met. I've ever seen <laughs> or encountered was one, the letdown look at sandwich. Which yeah. I tried to send you a reverse sandwich so that you would look ahead of this game. I think it was like a, a double jinx, jinx, double jinx. That's why I mm-hmm. sent you that. Because you sent me the one with a cute dog, right? And I sent yeah. you one with a cute cat yes. to call call up the power of that jinx for this game. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the Logan Justice jinx. Like that was just. Yes. Oh, that was oh terrible. God. Yeah. That was <laughs> really okay. So are we ready for the state of the Michigan program? I am so ready. Just bring it, Jeff. Let it all out. Okay. So in order for it to not be a monologue, because I have the list of like points, which you've kind of taken a look at and I'm ready to bring the fire. I think what I'm going to do after every point is to pause mm-hmm. and you can say the first thing that comes into your head. Like, sure. It doesn't, doesn't like whatever your take is, whatever your thought is, just, it can be short, it can be long, but so that I think I was listening to last week's podcast and I definitely talked too much. So let's do, let's do, um, you know, I'll say a thought and then you can, it'll be like, check, 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 check. Okay. And then you can say whatever comes to mind. Like you'd be like, oh, that's so bad. Or, oh, that's okay. It doesn't have to be too profound, but your gut check as someone who sees the pathos of the Michigan program and mm-hmm. your thought, like you can be, you can also be schadenfreude where you can be like, haha, sucks for you. Cause it's rivalry week. So yeah. Week, so you can make fun of me mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, um, okay. 
Um, you ready? I am. Let's do it. Okay. So the first question is: Harbaugh is in year six or seven-year contract. So starting this is his penultimate year, and starting next year would be his last year. And so the first question that the whole Michigan fan base has is: Should Harbaugh be extended this season, or should he be given one more year just to play out? And it has all sorts of ramifications for like recruits leaving, yeah. finding a successor, like it, that sort of transition is a little awkward. And I think losing to Michigan State really tanks the whole extension conversation. Like, you know, the next time, and the thing is like Ward Manuel, who's our AD, is the 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 word on him is that he loves Harbaugh because Harbaugh is like our, the son of Michigan football, right? He played for Bo, legendary coach. And so mm-hmm. Ward isn't going to, if Harbaugh doesn't leave himself to an NFL job, Ward is not going to not extend him, I guess. So the question is, should Harbaugh be extended? And do you have any gut thoughts on this or feelings? And it can be no too, right? Your feeling can be no thoughts. So what I've been kind of hearing is that Yes, I have heard about your athletic director as well and that he wouldn't not extend Harbaugh. But what I have heard should happen is that they should get a divorce. So Harbaugh and Michigan should get an amicable divorce. Okay, and- okay. So, okay, just let me interrupt you. So yes. this podcast, and I cannot emphasize this strongly, <laughs> strongly enough. This podcast, and my yelling voice is coming out, but this podcast is a no Paul Feinbaum zone. We do not quote <laughs> Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum is like persona non grata. Yes, he is a oh. non persona <laughs> non grata. You know my view on Paul Feinbaum. And he is not allowed on the show. Like we don't quote him. We don't quote him seriously. We don't quote him jokingly. We don't quote him. We, we quote him maybe to make fun of him. But this is the quote. You're making me quote him on That's Wednesday so morning. On ESPN's Get Up, quote, I think it's time for not to fire Harbaugh, but the point is they just need an amicable divorce. Oh and my we don't god, talk- I knew I saw that somewhere. We don't I I I share all these ESPN shows with you. I like plug in all these different ways. I had to teach Kathy Chong how to scroll down through ESPN past the scores to find the articles so that you could find the Jimmy Butler big coffee, little coffee, right? Oh what yeah. What was it like? Mm-hmm. What what what's the coffee store names? Coffee. No, it, I think it is big big. It might be uh, big me, coffee, little coffee. Uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Butler coffee. Just want to get it right. Uh, big face. Big coffee. face. Big face yeah. coffee, and it was like twenty bucks. And then there's a little face one, which is like for the people that are staff that can't afford twenty dollar coffees. Um, mm-hmm. But you could just. So, I just want to say. We don't quote Feinbaum because he's this SEC troll. We're a Big Ten podcast. He's a Big Ten hater. He hates Michigan. He like always like says these crazy SEC promotional things. So we strike that from the podcast. Okay. But we're, gonna, we're not going to delete it because we're going to put it in infamy. But just reminding you of the roles. There are very few rules on this podcast. But you know this rule. And so, No. Just no. <laughs> okay, I, I just had to yell about Paul Fine Mom. Like, no, no, no offense to you, my lovely co-host. I just think that's so funny that that was the person I ended up quoting because I was like, I I knew I had read that somewhere, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And 
Yes. I mean, to be true. fair, like, you know, he's been such a hater with Harbaugh. Like, anything Harbaugh does, he hates. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be fair, like, Harbaugh's been an easy target. Um, but mm-hmm. still, we don't, you know. So you gave me some some cathartic, like, just being able to yell about Paul Feinbaum on yeah. our podcast, where I have half, is uh, is nice. Is, uh, is <laughs> So... So that's is that your view too? I mean, I think I don't know. I can't. I cannot tell if Harbaugh is fully in at Michigan. If that makes sense, like, and and that is is a very good segue for the second point of the notes. Very good segue. Um, Yeah. So, and I think if he if Harbaugh is going to be all in at the professional level, then I would say just go do it. Be happy. And it's very different, right? Like in the professional Mm -hmm. level, you're not molding men. You don't have to have like that Brady Hope, like Nick Saban polishing the rings in the, mm-hmm. the ring room, right? Like that that's just, you know, that part of the job doesn't exist, right? Like you're kind of yeah. coaching baby men who are all paid more than you. So in NFL, yeah. they'll just be like, I'm not listening to you. I make 10 times what you make. Um, so it's a very different kind of job, right? Mm-hmm. But I, but the funny thing is, I feel like Jim Harbaugh loves that part of the job. Like he, he wants his kids to grow up in Ann Arbor the way that he did. He likes the, you know, I don't know, like, I mean, is it okay if I move on to my second point? Yes, go for yeah, it. Yeah, so so my, literally good segue, which is why has he lost the fire, right? And I think it was very apparent to me that watching the Amazon documentary, which ironically was 2017, um, where he, he was just kind of like a space cadet, right? Like a nerdy guy who likes football, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the media, what's your deal, like, slapping people's backs and you know running up the score and doing crazy you know things like he was just kind of nerdy and sad right in 2017 yeah Mm -hmm. and I honestly think that double overtime game where we had a you know we had Wilton Spate on a bum back and we went all the way to double overtime and in that last drive because to be fair the officiating was by three Ohio all-star referees, right? Who are friends with the players and it was super biased and they weren't going to call a fourth down short because they were going to leave Buckeye Stadium alive. But if that game were at Michigan, they would have called it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the play. But before that, in the sequence of plays, Harbaugh threw his clipboard, right? And he got a penalty for 15 yards and that directly led to that fourth down short play, which uh, which uh, Ohio State was able to win in double overtime. Part of that drive was the 15-yard penalty, which was called by everyone the Jim Harbaugh penalty. Mm, and it, okay. it's also the next season you ask me, oh, why, why are his game cards, you know, like clipped to clipped. him? Yeah. And it's because of that play, right? Dad Harbaugh was like, I'm proud of you for not losing your temper this year and not getting called for a Jim Harbaugh penalty, right? Like it was like excessive you know, emotion on the sideline penalty, but he wasn't called. But I think that really broke us. I don't know. Do you, what do you think? I mean, that makes sense. I, I didn't really follow Michigan at the time. I just remember that 2016 season or that game against Ohio state. That's the one where Jeff, you were in Hong Kong in the rain, right? Watching. Yeah. In Taipei. Yeah. Yeah. In Asia. Yeah. Yeah. At like 5am watching mm-hmm. that, you know, sequence of events, but maybe, you know, and you've heard about that moment from me many times, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, there are direct ramifications um, because, you know, if we win that game, maybe we get some recruits, 
but we lost that game. And so the 2017 and 2018 recruiting class was terrible. And the 2018 recruiting class is what kills us now. The fact that we have no corners is from that directly as a result of that abysmal 2018 mm-hmm. recruiting class. Yeah. Whereas Ohio State was able to build off that momentum. Uh, and that's how, you know, because Harbaugh in 2016 was like on an all-time high, right? Like the prodigal son returns to Michigan, takes Ohio State all the way. We haven't beaten Ohio State since Brady Hoke pulled horseshoes out of his butt one year, the Luke Fickle year, although Coach Fickle is doing a really good job this year. But that year he was totally overmatched at Ohio State. And um, he was a caretaker coach um, and we won. But since that year, it got the closest, right? And Mm -hmm. if he had done it that year in 2016, second year of his tenure, broken the hump, that all those recruiting conversations would go very differently, right? But since then, all the five stars go Ohio State and we get nothing. And so it just doesn't work. That's kind of crazy that it comes down to a game. It comes down to a penalty. It that is really crazy. Because how do you make that pitch, right, to the five-star? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like why everyone was so upset this game. Because Mel Tucker, with all his, you know, he didn't have time to make his own players, make his own marks. And if yeah. they had lost to Michigan, Michigan State would not be able to make that pitch. But now his pitches, yeah, they have all the stars, but we have our underdog mentality and we win. We win. Mm-hmm. And already some recruits have flipped over. Already, as a result no of that No way. Game. That's yeah, crazy. because you think about going to Michigan living rooms in the state of Michigan, talking to recruits, yeah. and Mel Tucker being like, we're the, we're the, you know, peppy underdogs, and we win. We go into Michigan Stadium, all the hype, 27-point, like, line, 24-point line, and we win. We're just, we have, if you, we have two and three-star freshmen that are going to be, like, the best receiver ever. So if you are a true freshman, come play for us. We'll showcase you at the big house and we'll beat them. Mel Tucker can say that definitively. And what can Harbaugh say? Harbaugh says, what? Like, we have all the best players, but we suck. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. so it really, really directly impacts recruiting. And I think 2016 broke us in that way. Like, that gap. And I think, ironically, that's also a gap that gives Michigan State some life. Oh, man. And I mean, same thing, right? Like, that's why building a program is so hard. Because, like, Tom Allen... You remember in Tom Allen's context, he was like, we need that three stars, show more results on the field, and then now four stars play for Tom Allen, which is why Tom Allen's recruiting is only going to get better because he's so competent. That Penn State game, just think about it. Like national TV beating Coach Frames, like you think Coach Frames and a lot of these coaches, like it's always so hard for Tom Allen to recruit in the Big Ten East, right? He's like, he gets fourth choice of players, right? Yeah. But that's not true anymore. Think of him recruiting against frames and he can say listen frames isn't going to set you up for success in the fourth quarter look mm-hmm. at what i did on national tv we went like frames was a big you know think of how much ammunition that gives you because that living room conversation is like i'm just surprised that brady hoke was so good at it like he was an mvp like he got all the five stars because mm-hmm. um, he's just like a good man he sounds like a good man he tricked pizza guy dave brandon into hiring him like he's a good man <laughs> um but pizza guy was the Bain Capital CEO that Michigan hired to be athletic director oh, and he tried yeah. to make mm-hmm. Michigan like um, a business, like the Michigan games, like the Super Bowl. He tried to have Beyonce for halftime. He tried to put up a craft noodle advertising outside the stadium. He tried to have fireworks after it was totally wild, like halftime shows. It just didn't work. Um, but 
but yeah, so think of those conversations. Like think of Tom Allen being able to make that sale. Yeah, that makes sense. So, or maybe 10 years before that in 2006, maybe that was when I've told you this moment, like it's kind mm-hmm. of spooky, like number one, Ohio State, number two, Michigan, or it might've been the other way around, one versus two. Uh, night before the game, our legendary coach, Jim Harbaugh's coach, uh, passes away, Bo, and then we lose that game on a heartbreaker. And I think since then, it le- led to this sort of 15-year losing streak because um, Bo left us and with no signs of abating, even though the son of Bo, the quarterback of Bo, came back and combined with 2016, it really is kind of a story of pathos. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm going to run down some crazy stats that I've read. So we already talked about one, uh, and it's all like Jekyll and Hyde stats. Yeah. So like strong Harbaugh, weak Harbaugh, big Harbaugh, little Harbaugh. So the first one's just bad, right? One in nine, final two games of the season. Uh, so losing to OSU in the game, losing to losing the bowl game, because I think for the bowl game, they're just checked out, right? Like you've lost to Ohio State, it doesn't matter, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's nothing to play for anymore. It's just so disheartened. And I think that goes a long way, like Harbaugh to explain like Harbaugh's emotions might affect the team a lot, like for them ready to come. That's the only that way to a, explain. Yes. That's a really good state. point. I didn't think about that. Because a lot of teams will have coaches that are professional every game, take every game at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think Harbaugh's like, just, he just, and we talked about this before the game. Like, it's just, it's like, clenching right yeah so and that explains the next statistic right we are undefeated at home like we played i don't know five seasons like five seasons like 30 games at home right five times six Mm -hmm. right um we're undefeated at home to all other teams and then we're one and six oh my god ohio state and michigan state so we've lost the three ohio state games and then i think it's four michigan state because um for Michigan State, three Ohio State, because we have the weird, because the day Brandon, we lost like a home game, um, but they fixed it this year. And so they fixed the on off, like OSU, MSU, both away, both home, both away, both home. But they fixed that. That's Dave Brandon's fault. But so at home, we had three crazy losses, right? We had trouble with the snap. We had the John O'Corn throwing five straight interceptions into a snowstorm because Mark D'Antonio is a shaman. And then we have this mm-hmm. recent loss that's just lack of effort, right? And so th- that's yeah. a crazy stat, right? Like undefeated at home yeah. against all other teams. So it must be Harbaugh has some emotional juju where he clenches up too tight against MSU, right? Like we should have at least won the snap in the snowstorm and, and definitely should have won this one being yeah. up, you know, 25 points. Like those three losses are honestly inexplicable. All three of them inexplicable to its own way. Like losing to Ohio State, all five, fine right or all three fine but those three losses to msu should not exist right yeah yeah what do you think like this bad clamped up juju i think it is i did not think of that before you mentioned i mean we talked about him clenching up but the fact that like him bringing that emotion and then that once you lose to a team like ohio state and then that carrying over to the bowl game that's rough and uh you know michigan state broke jim harbaugh's arm Right? Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh broke his arm in that game as a quarterback. So he knows the rivalry. You know? I see. Okay. I didn't but know that. But to have a first year, um, just 
Oh, uh, breaking news update from our favorite Zach Osherman. What do you say? Um, so, uh, we're wearing our road whites, Michigan. And so because we're wearing our road whites, um, IU cannot wear its salute to service uniforms. I don't know what oh, they look no. like. Oh, no. They were, they were camo. I think yeah, they were the, like camo gray and white. Yeah. So there's no contrast. So you guys are going to be in crimsons, I guess. Um, and reds. Um, That's kind of a bummer. How come Michigan got to choose? Yeah, I don't never understand, but I think our road whites, like, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know why we can't wear like our road news or everyone yeah. wants that, like, you know, red OSU blue home Michigan uniform matchup, the blue on red. Yeah. But instead it's always like away whites or blue on blue on white, but people want that blue on red. And I just don't know why the big tens kind of, maybe it's Michigan's insistence. I don't know, but they're kind of stodgy. It might be Michigan. It's probably Michigan because the big 10 wants the money. Right. So they can sell more uniforms. Like I just don't know why they haven't done the Ohio state red Michigan Mm -hmm. sort of Mm -hmm. blue. Um, because that, that would be so iconic. Um, well, I mean, we're going to lose, so maybe not as iconic. Maybe when when maybe a year where the game matters, right? Mm-hmm. All right, more statistics? Sure. Okay, so since Harbaugh arrived five years ago, we are number 10 amongst Power 5 teams in win percentage and number 8 in point differential, which sounds about right. Like, you would say Michigan's, again, 8 to 12 team, mm-hmm. sort of. Right, we lose to all the top eight, and then below that we lose to Michigan State, and then we win the games that we're supposed to, um, generally, mm-hmm. uh, other than Michigan State again. Uh, we have four Jim Harbaugh since that iconic Bose death year, two thousand six. We have four out of Michigan's five best finishes, which isn't surprising because we had Brady Hoke and Rich Rodriguez, and it's so funny because Rich Rodriguez was on a press conference and he said. It actually isn't Jim Harbaugh's fault that he can't win. And it's like, I'm not sure Jim Harbaugh wants Ridbury Rodriguez's endorsement. Like, <laughs> it help you. you know, like, <laughs> like I, I don't know if that's like, it's like Brady Hoke being like, good job, good job. It's like, uh, no. <laughs> um, okay, so Little Harbaugh. Um, Jim Harbaugh is the only one in FBS since 2015 only program to have zero upset victories so if harbaugh is not favored he doesn't win he has never and and i mean the numbers of beating the spread are quite bad too Mm -hmm. but this is just like a straight up one-on-one oh that makes me really wish indiana was favored yeah right he's like (laughs) zero and ten as an underdog yeah uh even alabama has one upset win they were one time in underdog. I I wonder versus who. Probably Clemson. Um, yeah. Probably Clemson. But so that statistic is a little bit inflated, I think, from Ohio State. I think we were actually favored once against Ohio State, but uh, four of those games were against Ohio State. So probably four were favored. So probably he's like 0-6 as an underdog, which is not as bad. Yeah. Uh, it's a little inflated. Okay. So similarly, uh, we're like, uh, as a favorite, he's uh, 48 and 9. So he generally beats the teams that he's supposed to beat. Um, But yeah, we're 
0-5 against Ohio State, 3-3 and against Michigan State, which is ridiculous. As I said, the snap, the snowstorm, and the – I'm just going to call it the lack of effort, right, uh, which is the game this past week. Uh, some more statistics, and then we'll hop off this because it's very depressing. So the reason why Harbaugh still had a job, quoting my buddy Michael Spath, who I love his radio show, um, he's beaten Penn State 60%, 50% against MSU, 0% against OSU. These are bad stats. 39% against ranked teams, 14% against top 10 teams. Uh, finished second in the Big Ten East once in five years. This is the tied with Ohio State, but losing but he's won 90 percent of his games against big 10 teams mm-hmm. other big 10 teams so i don't know some of those losses are wisconsin uh, i guess um which is wild um so one i guess uh i don't know how do the, all the stats feed to you right because it's clearly inflated by ohio state and then the bowl games that you know he lost effort do you stick with my bad juju, like rival bad juju, or, you know, what about the ones where he can't beat, like, people that are ranked higher, you know? I mean, there might be some of that clench, too, if he's feeling the pressure, but I think what's interesting is that, you know, if your team was making it to the college football playoffs every year, or if your team, if Michigan was abysmally bad, I don't think you would be as upset if 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 the program was such a mess and like the record wasn't great, expectations weren't high. I think you're fed up with the we look so promising. There's so much hype and why can't you just beat your rivals? Is that where you is that why you're so upset? Yeah, I guess like I'm not a big, you know, he can't beat Ohio State, therefore he's a bad coach. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the 2016 really, again, shifted the recruiting. And then after that, if everyone on their side is a five-star receiver, you saw those five stars dominate IU. Like, it wasn't yeah. even, mm-hmm. like, it wasn't even like, you know, it wasn't even fair looking at the team's lineup, right? Like, yeah. their lines were twice as big as your lines. And then their receivers were just faster, right? Like, it just wasn't even fair. Like, I mean, that game, because we saw both, right? We saw Michigan... And we saw Ohio State, same season, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. And so Michigan, I actually don't think manhandled you guys that much. I think that game was won because Shea, for one game, was on, right? And he had the triplet sort of 6-3 run for yeah. four, five, four, four, 40 yard dash wide receivers that just took off. Shea lofted it to them and there's nothing your secondary could do, right? That was the matchup that lost that game, the 25 Mm -hmm. point game, right? 39-14. But I don't think that that game, you guys got manhandled the way that OSU's lines, just offensive line, defensive line, just wrecked you guys on both sides, right? And it's just not even fair. And I think that's, so I don't really fault Jim Harbaugh because what's the sell after 2016? Like, what's the sell? You have to win one year so you can say something, right? And he hasn't been able to do So if it. Michigan's consistently, though, at, like, I would say a top 15 team, why are you so upset to the point where you're going for a walk tomorrow? That's because, and that's because of this game. 
So this right. one game. Correct. This one game where a first year coach comes in with no chance to note. And we can talk more about the actual sort of X's and O's. But overall, it's a first year coach comes in, shambles of a program. Mark D'Antonio quit in February to avoid a lawsuit. He barely has time to put in his um, put in his players and his scheme. And that's that's exactly the segue to the second question that I had was, which was, which ties into why I'm so upset about okay. the program. And I actually and, had one more question for you too. Okay. But do you want me to answer this one first? Yeah. Answer this one first. On okay. So it ties in with a question like, is Jim Harbaugh the only one who can do the job, which you've mm-hmm. asked me several times. Yes. And I think part of the reason why I'm so upset is because everyone knew what the plan was going into Michigan and going to play in Michigan. And I actually listed it on last year's poc- last week's podcast, right? It's mm-hmm. we can't pass the ball deep or we haven't shown that we're able to, and we can't defend the pass. And everyone knows that those are the two. I mean, I know, and I know nothing about football, right? And so, and MSU's freshman wide receiver, Ricky White, true freshman, he, he looked like an all-star. He had like 200 yards, three touchdowns. And that was the only thing that they could do. Rocky Lombardi, throw it up, Ricky White, catch it. And those are 30% probability plays, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, it's like either you throw it on a dime or you don't. And that was the only thing they could do. And Don Brown was so stubborn that he put these corners out there that were just not fast enough. Ricky White ran past them. And then they started playing this grabby style and got called for a pass interference all the time. And then he couldn't adjust. And so that's why I was like so upset. And part of why people are so upset, other than the fact that what you had mentioned, the hype, 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 and then lose. But it's like, if he's the only one who can do the job, why everyone knows what, what the game plan is. And they know what you're going to do, which is you're going to do the same damn thing of having corners out there (laughs) on an island. And so if everyone knows that you're going to play rock, they'll use paper, right? And they know that you're not going to bring scissors. And and we've talked about how, like, football is a chess game, right? Gaddis's play calls were so good because they set up a story, right, in in the first game. They set Mm -hmm. up a story. The first play leads to a tendency. Then they break that tendency. So it's like rock, paper. Oh, I'm going to go scissors now. And that was so good. But now we learn that it's actually against Minnesota's defense where even the other Tungalova look great, right? Like that defense yeah. makes every offense. So, but if everyone knows you're going to play rock and I mean, I have to say this, like it's called rock because it's a stubborn, dumbass approach. That's like, well, that's <laughs> rock. but so, so that's part of why people are so upset, I think. But so okay. your second question. Oh, this is just a gut reaction and it's not, based off research necessarily, but I feel like just from the last few years of, of casually watching Michigan that they have gotten worse every year. And do you think that's correct? Um, so 2016 broke our heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 was that sort of eight and five year where we were down to John O'Corn. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. he was just, he just had happy feet. He was just not ready. Um, and then 2018, we had our revenge tour, yeah, right, which ended tragically at Ohio State, where we got doubled up. But that game could have easily gone differently. Like the score is actually like if Hassan Haskins, um, 
I think it was Hassan. Like if they, he had a touchdown, it might be a one score game at the end. But because we had to go for it on fourth downs twice and OSU scored twice really quickly because we turned it over on downs. Okay. Uh, so the game looked a lot wider than it is. But also we also had like, we've never had a healthy Coach Harbaugh hasn't had a healthy quarterback in that OSU game. Like, he hasn't had a healthy QB1. Mm-hmm. I think last year was the only year where he had a healthy QB1, which is why people thought we had a chance. But then Shea kind of regressed in that game. So I would definitely say uh, I'm not ashamed of any of the OSU games, even yeah. the 62-39 end of the Revenge Tour game. And I and we saw that amazing shirt where it's like Revenge Tour ends here. Yeah. <laughs> for that game at, at, at the rock. Um, but yeah, but I think 2019 was because Shea regressed. Right. And so I okay. think that's true. Um, but the rest of them, I'm not ashamed of. I mean, okay. I'm kind of ashamed of the Michigan state games and then he wins the rest of them. Right. I always say he doesn't win like ranked games, like against top 10. He doesn't win road games that are like high stress. He doesn't win OSU MSU, but he pretty much wins every other game at home. And then he loses bowl games. And that's okay. so top. so this season, if Harbaugh outside of OSU won every other game, would you be okay? Yeah. So this is a good segue for like my next question, which is what does the rest of the season mm-hmm. look like for Michigan? Is there any upside? Is there any point to keep watching? And that is sort of I mean, you know my answer, which is I'm like walking, taking a walk. Um, I think there are like two directions, right? Either the losses pile up. So he loses. People are calling it a must win this week. I don't know that that's true. Like every game for Harbaugh is a must win because he's so elevated media attention. Yeah. But there are two directions, right? Either the losses pile up or we win and we even beat Ohio State. But even if he beats Ohio State, so what, right? Um, I think the recruiting impact of that game I already mentioned, like I talked about, the recruiting impact of 2016, but the Michigan State one was bad for Michigan. Like in the state so of Michigan. even so, even if you beat Ohio State, that can't reverse the recruiting loss. You think that Michigan State game was so bad that I think for Michigan recruits, like it's funny because Michigan Ohio State is like a national rivalry, right? Right. You're talking about the in-state rivalry. And then Michigan-Notre Dame is like a historical rivalry. Yeah. Number one versus number one, right? Of like the most wins, right? And Notre Dame, luckily, Harbaugh, that one, he definitively beat Notre Dame. And then we're not playing Notre Dame until like our kids are in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that one's over. But that's historical, right? Uh, And then... Uh, Michigan, Michigan State is like a neighbors, right? Like it's everyone from Michigan. Like if you, people only really understand it. And maybe, I don't know if it's like that for like IU Butler or IU Purdue. I, I don't know if it's like that, but it's definitely like that in Michigan, right? Like there's this like neighbors versus neighbors. People, some people went to Michigan State. Some people grew up with Michigan parents, like all the coworkers. Like if you're a citizen of Michigan, um, like it's a big rivalry for you like as in you're gonna feel it the next day right Mm -hmm. like everyone's Mm -hmm. gonna trash talk you and to lose that is huge right like it's huge in this way right like as i mentioned first year coach program in disarray no time to recruit his own players ran a perfect game plan against michigan 
probably the only one poised comes into the big house takes paul bunyan 20 point line like one and six against michigan state oh, i see like thoroughly outcoached like is this a regime i said it's a program defining loss and my friend daryl said no but it might be a regime defining loss but i really think it is like it's pro- people are calling it even maybe a worse loss than appalachian state because lloyd carr's loss to appalachian state Appalachian State was killing it in the lower division, right? Like they were like the Ohio State of the time and they had a modern spread offense and Lloyd Carr's bigger, slower guys just didn't know what to do with the spread offense. Mm -hmm. And they probably weren't like a lower division team because they were so much better than everyone else. So like that one's, that loss, and part of this is like rose-tinged glasses, right? Like with the passing of time. But that loss was like, okay, unexpected, small team, whatever. But this loss is like 25-point line. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And so coming in, and it's just, I guess the last point that I'll say is, is this Don Brown's fault for, uh, and Don Brown's been getting a lot of hate for like, you know, leaving his guys out there on an island. Um, But this is an interesting... uh, point where he said where I forget where I saw this statistic but if an opponent scores more than 25 points Michigan has not won the game and so I've been parsing this statistic and it's hard to tell what it means right yeah it might might mean that we're asking too much of Don Brown because in an era where Games are regularly 30s or 40s. We're asking Don Brown, please keep the score below 25, otherwise we can't win. Mm -hmm. And that means our offense can't score more than 25, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that this statistic kind of cuts the other way. But a lot of people are upset with Don Brown um, this week. Uh, And so, um, any thoughts on this before I go into the X's and O's? That's just a really, like... That statistic, it's big. I mean, I, I didn't know that. And it cuts both really ways, right? It's hard to parse because yeah. it's one of those complicated ones where is that the defense fault or is that the offense fault? And I, I come away leaving it as like the offense's fault because we're asking Don Brown to do too Well, much. I hope IU scores more than 25 points tomorrow. Yeah, but does that is that how you parse it too after talking it through? Like it's like we're asking yeah. Don Brown to walk too much because this is similar to what you said last time. You asked me last time, like, what would Jim Harbaugh do in the double overtime? Yeah. Right. And I said, yeah. well, he'll count on Don Brown to win it for him. That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I think we're just, mm-hmm. we just need an offense. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. So, which is a good segue. So X's and O's and I'll just check through quickly. Um, no need to respond to any of these because this sucks, but we had a young quarterback. He didn't look as good going through his reads. He sometimes locked into Eric All, which is a weird person to lock into. But um, he so wasn't really I did have, to... I, I do have a question about Joe Milton. because, yeah. And I haven't really watched the Patriots this year, but he it does get compared to Cam Newton. He's a big dude, right? But he's is it not... just because of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because okay. he can run. But gotcha. Cam's much better, obviously. Cam's like an all-star. I mean, Cam's mm-hmm. an alpha. Joe is like a baby version. Baby, baby. Like, I don't know that the comparison is just like a it's just like a physical comparison okay gotcha 
Okay, so Joe Milton wasn't allowed to throw deep. Um, and it's because we don't have like a prototypical wideout star receiver this year, which is going to be a yeah. problem. We have like fast, small guys. Um, in terms of running and in terms of going to the edge, like where was speed and space? Like all the things that Gaddis called that worked with Minnesota. Rumor has it, and this is just a rumor, I don't know, that Harbaugh clammed up and overruled Gaddis's calls, which kind of sucks. Uh, oh, but that's the rumor. Okay. Um, but, you know, Michigan State has a strong front and we could only run outside the tackles, like around the edge. Um, and we didn't even do that that well. Um, our rotation might not work. So we've had this running back rotation where like eight people get the ball and Charbonnet's dad was pretty upset with that. He was like, how can you ask someone to do a good job if you only give them one eighth of the time to do it? Like he tweeted that. Mm-hmm. Um, our stupid, stupid Wildcat play that lost us four points. Uh, Hassan Haskins threw a pass. They ran Wildcat on second down at the goal. Didn't work. And then they ran Wildcat again. Haskins, who doesn't really pass that much, threw a pass and it was a little, their defensive back was all over it. And then we lost four points and that was the margin of the game. Um, The last drive. I know we talked about Wildcat before, but is the whole point just trying to confuse the defense? Well, the thing is, I don't know what the point is anymore. Because <laughs> when we had <laughs> when we had Peppers, we would run the Pep Cat. And the thing is, the Wildcat only works if the Wildcat quarterback passes. But Peppers was never allowed to pass. So every time Peppers came out, everyone knew it was a run play. And so then they smacked him and then he mm-hmm. died. Because right? <laughs> you rush everybody. And yeah. if you rush everybody, then everyone back there is open. So you can pass yeah. them, right? And so the thing is, the Wildcat is you snap it directly to someone that's not a quarterback. Right. So the idea is that you have one more person blocking. Um, you know, because you don't have, depending on whether it's, you know, it just changes the alignment a little bit. But everyone knows if the Wildcat doesn't pass. And so I think that play, they were trying to set up the Wildcat pass for later so that people have to defend the pass. Does that make sense? Because they call the yeah. pass, so in the future you have to... But, like, it's like, we don't need Hassan Haxon to play Wildcat. We can have Joe Milton play Wildcat, because he's 6'5". He's bigger than Hassan Haskins. So he can just fall forward and get the five yards, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it made no sense. Um, and then the last drive clock management was idiotic. Like, we needed to catch up. We were down 10 points, and they took, like, six minutes off the clock. It was, okay. like, totally stupid. Um, so the offense sucked defense stop me when you've heard this one before, but Don Brown (laughs) gave up six big plays, like 30 yard plus that's it all game. And it's because he had one corner, Ricky white caught the ball, ran past him and then got 30 yards. And every OSU game is like that. Half of the Penn state games are like that. Um, and it's his defense's weakness. He needs NFL cornerbacks that can run four fours. And all of our cornerbacks, Sam Webb was saying, we don't have the personnel to run that system. All of our cornerbacks are four eight. They're bigger guys, but they can't catch up. Like if a fast wide receiver runs past them, that's not their game. And Don Brown asked them of that, asked mm-hmm. them to do that. And so uh, we miss David Long, we miss Ambry Thomas, we miss all of the crazy. Jordan Lewis, all our crazy NFL corners that are amazing. 
Um, but we had our corners on an island. They had to hand fight and pull because they were too slow. And then they kept getting called, most of which, like, Michigan fans are always like, because when we had our all-star corners, they were like, oh, how's that pass interference? That's like a biased call, right? But this time, we had that gut reaction, and then they play the replay, and we're like, okay, that's pass interference. You know, like, mm-hmm. all the calls are kind of legitimate in this game. Um, we had no sacks on the quarterback. So one other way to defend it is don't give the quarterback any time. So Lombardi threw these passes and it was the only way to beat us. And they did. So it kind of sucked. So um, the time management we already talked about is awful. Uh, no need to belabor that. Um, so, so yeah, offense was brickety. Defense lost six big plays. Coaching was stubborn as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now we turn to predictions for the IU-Michigan game where I only had two predictions because you can do the serious one because I just saw these and I got so upset and then I didn't read any of the substantive stuff. Number one is in the aftermath of that, why is Michigan ranked? <laughs> and we already talked about this. We should be ranked zero or infinity. Like the rankings don't matter at all after losing to Michigan State. Second, why is Michigan favored? We are favored by 20 and lost, so we shouldn't be favored. We should never <laughs> be favored ever again. Although... I guess if the statistic is, I just thought of this, if the statistic is that we we never win as an underdog, then maybe we should always be favored, I guess. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I would hope so. Otherwise, you guys are never going to win a game again. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe that cuts the other way. But I guess there are only 10 games where we were underdogs, which says a lot about Harbaugh, right? Like, he's fielded Mm -hmm. a team where in five seasons, only 10 games were underdog, which means two out of the... But how much of it those lines I guess how much of it is subjective and because of Harbaugh hype versus like an actual good team well okay but the other part of it is when we are favored we win 49 and 8 right that's, that's the other true piece. that's true okay that yeah. is so that's a good point. so it isn't just that oh we we were on a dog and then we lost right it's yeah you have to read both sides of that stat um yeah so I mean so the answer is I think this week I think this is me being like an upset Michigan fan. So I think Michigan's coasting on reputation and also built into the line is you guys still aren't really fully over the hump. Like you've lost mm-hmm. every single game for a long time. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I think your point is definitely valid maybe in this game, but, but the way that I would think about it is oh and 10. And this is another weird statistic that cuts a lot of ways, right? Like the Don Brown one, kind of gives me a little chills when I think about it because it's mm-hmm. like, is this a defense? Is this offense? It's one of those interesting statistics in statistics, which is like, you can use the statistic to really uh, explain your opinion either way, you know? Because the statistic that just adds more mystery than it is probative, right? Yeah. The Don Brown one. But so this one is very good point. Like your point is really good point where, and as always, my co-host spots the sort of weaknesses and holes and arguments, right? So if it's, if I said, and this is how the sort of syllogism works, right? I said, oh, 0 and 10 in five years. Therefore, Harbaugh has been in a great situation because only underdog in two games per season out of 13. Pandemic season aside, right? Pretty good because you're ahead 11. So sounds like a top eight, top 12 team, right? Mm-hmm. And then you said, well, is it just because... He's, you know, Harbaugh, so he gets overhyped. And I think, you know, 49 and 8, uh, yeah. 48 and 9. 
um, as a Vegas favorite. Although, if you look at the like beating the spread, uh, it muddies it because beating the spread combines like the forty and nine and the zero and ten, and then splits it up in a different way. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and we're not good at beating the spread. That's not because ha- Harbaugh's teams play too tight, right? They clench up in big games. So there are some games which turn to blowouts, but generally it's a little tight. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that stat, I'm glad that we worked through that because it's really interesting. Um, but I think overall, overall eight to ten program loses a lot to Ohio State, loses weird ones to Michigan <laughs> State, loses all the bowl games because they don't care. And then ranked teams are a challenge. But ranked teams, like if you look at the ranked team stat, teams are ranked because they're good. Yeah. And so if you look at all of the top ten coaches or the top twenty coaches, they're ranked. Like record isn't great. Any case, right? Oh, so of course. That ranks yeah. One, I don't. Yeah, I don't really. You know. It just means your team is good, right? You're playing a good team. So, but yeah, so I think overall Harbaugh is going to get you losses to Ohio State, bowl games because that immediately follows Ohio State, weird games against Michigan State, and then maybe some big games on the road or some ranked games we lose. But that's It's interesting the... how how he trends in certain directions so much. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Which makes these statistics so weird because it's like yeah. Jekyll and Hyde, like mm-hmm. great, small, good, bad. You know, it's yeah. it's weird. It's definitely, definitely. I think it's definitely bad juju, right? Like he definitely like. I didn't think he definitely approaches that subset of games differently in some way. I there has so. to be some yeah has to be some psyche juju thing going on, like right? like a has mental block or something. If if has to be yeah in the preparation mm-hmm. and how the team's wired and the play calling and you know it has to be that's. I'm glad that we figured this out because this is sort of maybe I'll watch tomorrow. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't cancel on your friend. Yeah, but if that's the answer, right? Like that's the answer because I've been trying to figure out just what the hell is wrong with the Harbaugh program. But maybe that's the thing. Yeah, you know. And then and then so you you keep asking me the question. You've asked me that several times in different ways. But you're like, so are you satisfied with an eight to twelve team that loses to Ohio State? And I'm like, I think I'm fine with it. You know, because of the recruiting thing, right? I'm fine with it. Um, I'm just really not fine with those crazy losses to MSU. Like that pisses me off. I think okay. ultimately, okay, because he should but, win those. But you were a little bit upset last year. I remember after Alabama, that bowl well, game. Um, well, yes, but I think it's just that was just like, oh, I'm a clown. But okay, I mean, okay. I mean, like. There was no way that Michigan was winning that one, right? Yeah. Like, no, you know, like I would have bet money. I don't know what the final score was, but I wouldn't have taken Michigan by fourteen, you know, like or Alabama by fourteen. Like mm-hmm. I had Alabama winning by more than two touchdowns, right? Um, that was my line going in, and everyone knew that. Um, let me see what the score was. I tried to block it out in my memory. Uh, January one, twenty twenty, to start an awful year that we didn't even know. Yeah, 35-16. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I knew that. So I wasn't really... It, it's the, you know, the hype, the trash talking, and then... By the way, I have to say this on the podcast. Like, this is something that needs to be on the record. My view okay. on trash talk and rivalry games is that if you cower and then you crow afterwards, I don't want any part of it. If you banter with me before the game, I will eat my words. But if you are too afraid 
and this is definitely directed at my friend JC, but other Michigan State <laughs> frontrunner fans, if you cower and are too scared like a mouse to say anything before the game, just waiting it out because you don't want to make any predictions or anything. And then after the game, you crow. That crowing isn't, you know, that doesn't do shit for me. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. person that does do a lot for me is the governor of Michigan who almost got kidnapped. Big Gretch, which is so funny that people in Detroit call her Big Gretch. There's like a rap <laughs> song about her. Yeah. Called Big oh, that's awesome. Big Gretch is a Michigan State alum. And regardless of how much people were talking like, oh, this is going to be like 70 to 15, some ridiculous trash talk like that. Big Gretch said Michigan State by three. And she did? Yep. That was her prediction before the game as a Michigan State alum. And she called it. Wow. Okay. So Big Gretch has all my respect, right? She, was she like, has my respect too. She was like, I don't care how silly this sounds. I'm an alum. And this is why, I mean... Big Kathy, I guess, if you if your the, <laughs> the predictions that I got you to commit to on tape that you tried to hedge. You can't. You can't hedge. That's why I was like, no hedging. Because before a robbery <laughs> game, you gotta follow Big Gretch. Big Gretch said, I don't care how silly this sounds. I'm proud of my alma mater. I know that they'll be resolute in the occasion. I don't care how much you make fun of me for this. Michigan State by three. Oh, she's good, Juju. Wow. That's why I got you yeah. to commit on tape and I tried to mm-hmm. get you to not hedge, right? I'll send you I'll send you that tweet afterwards. Um Okay. After the show. But Big Gretch is a real deal. And and you did, hopefully you did the same thing for your team because I prompted you to do so. Yes. Hope so. All right. Ready for the rival watch? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Give us quickly cuz we the Big Gretch moment was like a good moment to end, but we need to do our duties. Yep. So let's Not too much to say. So for Purdue, they've actually have a pretty solid start. Um, They, you know, they're looking pretty good with wide receiver David Bell. So even without Rondé Moore. I watched that 55-24 game. Like Mm -hmm. he, he essentially gave Urban Meyer a retirement heart attack headache. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like he was like clutching his heart at the end and that's directly led him to go to I'm calling it. David Bell is the person that gave him the gave him the retirement headache. <laughs> You're probably right, but it's kind of crazy because if Purdue, if Rondale Moore, which we still don't know or hasn't been disclosed why he's not back on the field, but if they do get him back, I mean, I just feel like their offense is going to be so good. Um, I hope they don't play Michigan because who the hell are we going to cover? <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. That's true. Like if they put one on each side, we're screwed. Yeah. But right now, um, they aren't playing this week because Wisconsin is yet pl- canceling another game for COVID reasons. Okay. Um, so that's the update on Purdue, Nebraska. Um, their game against Wisconsin was canceled last week, so they have one loss against OSU. And they travel to play Northwestern. They they play Peyton Ramsey this week. So I know the last couple on the road for Nebraska, they had lost in Evanston. So I'm rooting for Peyton. I'm rooting against Nebraska. Um, so that's where I stand there. Okay. I think, you know, they'll, they'll make short work of Nebraska. Yeah. Am I allowed to talk about OSU? Um, so they play Penn State, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, it was as expected, right? Um, you can talk about that game a little bit. I just followed it online. And then the opponent, 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I just, um, yeah, the score ended up being 38 to 25. Ohio State looked pretty comfortable. Justin Fields had was 28 of 34 passes for 318 yards and four touchdowns. Um, they just look really good. And they play Rutgers um, this week. Yeah. Well, you guys demolish Rutgers, so OC is going to demolish Rutgers too. Yeah, I think so. Um, okay. So, so, yeah, so I guess um, – we, we will end our podcast to our person of the week can be uh, the governor of Michigan. Big Gratch. Yes. Had to Big, Gratch. Big Gratch for our- And now I think about it in a future episode, we still need to do our tribute to Pat, to Fitz. C- Coach Fitz, worst yeah. basketball commentator ever. Best, <laughs> best, like, I think one of the best. He can be, you know, Harbaugh's like banned, right? But I think Coach Fitz might be in the Hall of Fame, like played for that school. And then coaching that school mm-hmm. and great both, right? Yeah. Like he wasn't, he was like a star player and a star coach for that school. He might be in the hall of fame, right? I think it's only, only 10% of like active or something along those lines of active NCAA coaches are player coaches. Oh, okay. Wow. And he might, might be like a historical hall of fame just for, cause some players weren't that, you know, great as a player, but they still coach. So they're still like a son of that school. Right. Yeah, uh, and then some people are great players, by terrible coach, um, at their alma mater, mm-hmm. and uh, you have the UCF national champion coach Scott Frost, right? Like just trying really hard for Nebraska, but not really get anywhere. Yeah, so he probably wouldn't be like an all-time Hall of Fame, but Coach Fitch might be right. He he really might be. I would love I that. Think as of today. I mean, this is an unofficial, right? But as of yeah. today, he's already part of that Hall of Fame of like yeah. all-star player, all-star coach. You, you get what I'm saying though, right? Like you have to I be do. a great player and a great coach. Yeah. And uh, Harbaugh is like great player, uh, okay coach, um, but fits as a matter of expectations. You know, he's like, he's the guy. He's the guy. I love it. But yeah, okay. So hat tip to Big Gretch um, and uh, uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Uh I, the fact that I was able to bring it together with all the yelling, um, <laughs> most of it towards Paul Feinbaum, um, and do this 90-minute show with you, uh, I think I've done my duty as co-host, but I think this is as far as it can go. You have to go forward without me for tomorrow's game. And I guess if you're, we're going to recap that game, it's going to fall to you. Well, I'm happy to to take the rain tomorrow and, and to do that. And I really want you to enjoy your walk. If you do change your mind though, let me know. So my mind is made up, but I think it might be a good time. Cause again, this is like hoo hoo hell week. It might be a yeah. good time to think. Um, one of the things that you said to me this week, and since we have like sort of seven more minutes and this is a good way to end. One of the things you said to me this week was like, in terms of, and, and let me know if I've overstated this, but in terms of the program, talking about games, X's and O's, you said that you were able to pound for pound match the boys on the show. I don't want it's to toot my horn on air. That was sent no, to no, you no. in confidence. No, 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 I understand. I understand. But like, <laughs> I mean, okay, like putting aside, putting aside, like the 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 viewers and the readers can make that judgment, right? Like, yeah. For for what you think, but but that's I, the the only reason why I said that, right? And it's not to sort of. I mean, it is to get in on tape, but it's not to get you to toot your own horn on tape. 
I just needed you to, I mean, I just need you to put a line on tape so that I make fun of you either way. (laughs) Um, But no, but what I was saying was that it is kind of poetic for me, at least for you to go it alone because the very first game we watched together. Oh, I love that. Right. Like was, you know, you were, as I described, a football adjacent person. Yeah. Right. Where you would hang out with the games and you'd hang out with the boys and you'd have a good time. Right. But in that 2017 game where, and, and we, that's also how Mike DeVore became a patent saint of our show. Yeah. Right. But from that moment. Right. But the idea was that I have this view where, and this is just my own bias, but my view is like, if you're going to spend time doing something, maybe dig into it. And it's because I'm a big nerd. Right. And so where we, while we were at the game and it, you know, is the rock, there weren't any TVs, right? The TVs were like dime sized, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? There's nothing to do. So I was like, oh, maybe we watch this game and it's going to give me a heart attack because this is in the heart of hashtag chaos team, right? Mm-hmm. Hashtag chaos team, which would always bring us to double overtime. And I knew that going into the game and it in fact did go into overtime, right? I already <laughs> knew, right? And it went because it was chaos teams. I was expected like Indiana always plays the stupid and then something dumb happens, right? So I knew, but so within that context, uh, for the first half, I was playing this fine line where I was like, hey, like, do you agree that, you know, maybe we can parse some of this together? And uh, you were such a quick learner. Um, again, not to have you to your own horn, but for you, you were able, like, after the half, I didn't even have to say anything anymore. Like, you could just, you were able um, to, I mean, you called every play in the overtime right well <laughs> and, i did and I mean, but, it's like, but so did everyone else yeah it's the board so did right? the like, defense like, yeah yeah so did don brown right like it's and it's like if he's so smart why didn't he like do that for Michigan state like what like you know <laughs> anyway um yeah i was like but don brown like fed on the board right and uh and but but i think it's a little bit poetic um for me at least that that was a moment where i literally and figuratively held your hand through half and tomorrow you're gonna go on without me uh for a game and for the recap i just think that that's a testament to uh your growth in a in i mean if we count that game as sort of a half game like in three games right tomorrow or like two two and a half games later two and a half seasons later right Mm-hmm. Uh, the for the fourth game that you are watching as the third, I guess, yeah, like entering tomorrow would be game four of no longer being football adjacent. You're on your own and you're going to do the X's and O's. You're going to tell me about the rhythm of the game. You're going to tell me, like, I think that that's like a major milestone. Um, and I think that's truly amazing and poetic and phenomenal. I think it's poetic too now that you describe it that way. I, I feel like I'm like going off to college on my own, you know, or something. Yeah. That's what it feels yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, baby birds ready to hopefully, uh, hopefully Sheridan's offense. Well, actually, I was going to say hopefully Sheridan's offense is not as predictable, but actually, mm-hmm. that's the opposite. Like, really, what it is is hopefully his offense is very predictable and it's throw it to Watt in the corner as many times as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because I was being unpredictable, but like predictable because like Don Brown's fucking not going to, you know, do anything mm-hmm. to stop that. So the only way 
and you'll have to tell me whether this happens, but the only way is if he puts Dax Hell as a corner. He's not okay. really a corner, but he has fast catch-up speed. <clears throat> so if he puts Dax Hill out there on WAP and then puts another safety back there or uh, or uh, or other uh, safety, uh, Miller, um, then maybe we have a chance. All right. I'll keep an eye out for it. Okay. Um, ready to call it? I am. So thanks for joining us this week. Hope you enjoyed Jeff's passion when it comes to Michigan. Um, and then looking forward to, to catching up after the game tomorrow. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs>